listen, kid, you go back to the locker room. You don't even come out for the third period, right? Hello and welcome to The Red Line, presented by Isles Fix, your only daily New York Islanders newsletter. Subscribe at islesfix.substack.com. Phil Farber, David Tuckman here for The Red Line for you. Here we talk hockey, mostly Islanders hockey. Of course, you can follow Phil on Twitter or X, whatever the hell you want to call it these days, at Phil's Facts. I am at Tuck on Sports on the old X as well. Uh, it is December 28th. And uh, we are filming this after the Christmas Massacre. Um, it is, uh, that's what they're calling it now in Pittsburgh, the Christmas Massacre. Uh, 7 nothing beat down by the Pittsburgh Penguins against the New York Islanders. Normally, in a vacuum, one game, we talk about this, hey, every team's going to have a few of these every year. Not a big deal, right, Phil? But. What's alarming to me, and this is where I want to ask you, is the glass half full or is the glass half empty? Over the last little bit, and uh, yeah, I keep hearing Rob Tobb talk about, hey, we've only lost this many resolu- uh, regulation games. We're amazing. We, we've gotten a point in 17 of our last, and it just keeps going. But now, over our last five games, mm-hmm. we have three somewhat alarming losses to teams that just aren't good. I mean, we're now losing. It's funny. Early in the season, we were beating non-playoff teams and losing mm-hmm. to all the playoff teams, right? Now, yeah. we're beating quote-unquote playoff teams, but we're losing to the likes of the Montreal Canadiens, the Washington Capitals, and the Pittsburgh Penguins, none of which I think will be in the playoffs. No, none of them will be in the playoffs. So, for you, glass half full, glass half empty. Um, I mean, listen, I'm going to kind of maintain what I've been saying ever since Polak went down, which is that if they can maintain a winning record with the blue line looking the way it's looked with a bortuzzo Bolduc pair with Aho on the second pair, that it would be a minor miracle just considering how they've never been able to keep up well with a Pelic absence, let alone a Pelic and Polak absence. Listen, I think, you know, to Rob's point, there's no way to downplay points in 17 out of the last 20 games. I think that's impressive. I think they've, been able to steady the ship and correct some of the issues that they had earlier in the season. You were able to see them not in style, but but lock down a win against a very good Carolina team on the road, right? So they got all four points in Raleigh this season. Um, are there warts? Absolutely. But until I see them lose two or three regulation games in a row, which they haven't done since early November, I'm not going to be overly concerned about it. Okay, I, and, I, and I think your point is well stated. If you had told me that, if you had told me three months ago that Pellick, Pollock, and Mayfield would be out for a substantial amount of time, I'd be like, cool. Are we in the running for the number one overall pick or just a top five pick? By the way, off the top of your head, do you have any idea how many games Pellick has played this season? Off the top of my head, I'm not going to look here. Let's think. Okay, so we played 34. I would say Pelic. Pelic? I would say he's probably played 19. 20. Pelic has played 16 games. Okay. 
Mayfield, le- how, I think however, Mayfield less than that, right? No, Mayfield's played 20. However, with Pellick, one game against Ottawa, I think he clocked in at about 35 seconds. Right. I think that was that was the first shift of the game that he got injured on. And against Washington, where he left with that uh, hip pointer or whatever it was, he only played about three and a half minutes. So he's truly only played 14 games out of 34 this season. Yet they're sitting second in the Metro. I'm not going to say they're sitting comfortably in the Metro uh, in second place because with how bunched up the teams are, there's really not a lot of separation between two through seven right now. So all it takes is, you know, one bad losing streak and you could kind of free fall in the standings a bit. Which is but why, again, which is why obviously the they're playing to- Washington. They're playing Washington tomorrow. They're playing Pittsburgh on Sunday, right? If they can't come out and respond from this type of loss, and I'm, I'm almost happy that you lose in this fashion as opposed to like a two, two, one heartbreaker, a two, one heartbreaker, right? Okay. Well, you know, close game. We lost the game. We played well, whatever. Here, it's like, wow, we just got kicked in the mouth. I think Barzal put it perfectly, where you had a packed house. Everyone's off from school. Everyone's off from work. They filled the barn after a three-day break. A lot of these people probably got tickets as a Christmas present or whatever holiday they were celebrating. This was probably a gift that they got. And they put on a really historically awful performance. This is the worst performance they ever had at UBS. I I personally Barzal said, we're going to put on a better show for them on Friday night, and I'm looking forward to seeing it. Yeah, I, uh, I think the Islanders. I think the Islanders should just give refunds and or free tickets to the, everybody who went last night. Yeah, exactly. I mean, listen, why Get not? Them all again. <clears throat> I'd be pissed. I mean, imagine, imagine if like you know, you know, going to a hockey game these days is expensive. Imagine yeah. you were in the financial situation where like you know you only get to go to one game a year, and that mm-hmm. was your Christmas present, and that was the game you went to. And yeah, everybody felt great about after after Carolina. Wow. We just beat Edmonton. Yeah, okay, so we didn't look that great versus Washington. No big deal, though. Then we, man, we just beat Carolina in Carolina. These are teams that we've got to beat in the playoffs. That's amazing. Okay, let's feel great. We're in second place, despite Pellick being out, despite Pollock being out, despite Mayfield being either out or playing injured, right? I mean, we've got, our defense is absolutely in shambles. And yet, somehow, we're in second place to the Metro. We're feeling great. And then last night... Um, is, is what had happened. So, I mean, I guess glass half full, glass half empty in both regards because in years past, if we were just losing Pellick, the season was over. If Pellick yep. was out for half a year, you'd be like, oh, wow, okay. I, I mean, are we, how many points out of the playoffs are we? We've lost Pellick, we've lost Pollock and Mayfield. And, and let's not, again, Mayfield, even when he was playing, since the very first part of the very first game of the season, he has been injured. Yep. So, um, but... So that's the glass half full, I guess. But there is a problem, though. While there is a, 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 a time horizon for Mayfield's return, he is skating with the team, and we expect him to probably come back for this West Coast trip, this current this next West Coast trip coming up. Uh, the bad news is that there's really no timetable for Pelic and Pollock. It's not These aren't season-ending injuries, but in, in both players' situations, um, I'm not expecting either player back until February. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, I mean, listen. Um, that's a problem. Games. It is a problem. There's 15 games till the All-Star break. The way I look at it, you got to take at least eight of those games, right? If you go something like 8-5-2, and 8-6-1, I think they'll be fine. There's a, you're right. There's a very real scenario where playing with a patchwork blue line catches up to them and teams start skating circles around them 
and the goaltending looks like it looked last night, and the offense isn't able to get it going, and they look out of sync, right? Because they've been extremely hot from an offensive standpoint in most of their games. The vast majority of their games over the last 20, they've scored three or more. In a lot of them, they've scored four or more. So you could have this perfect storm of the bats go dry, the power play doesn't click as well as it has. Yeah, maybe the penalty kill clicks up, but at five on five, they're getting caved in just because they've been playing with some spare parts for this long. To me, I look at it, you got 15 games to kind of hold the ship together. Well, let's, go, let's go through the 15 ex- games. I would expect. Yeah, go ahead. Let's go through the 15 games. Okay, so because this is the interesting thing. You and I just talked yesterday before we said, let's do re- let's record today. And we had, I had said, hey, listen, Pittsburgh, Washington, Pittsburgh going into uh, New Year's. If we can get four points, that's amazing. If we can get five not only it would be incredible and you start you just give yourself a cushion before that west coast trip you yeah. also put distance between you and the teams that are actually chasing you which are washington and pittsburgh right. um but okay so they've got washington and pittsburgh and these are now suddenly two big games then we two go to big games. then we go to colorado tough, tough game. place to win then yeah. we go at arizona arizona everybody i'm going to tell you right now arizona is not the walkover you thought it was la- it was last year or the year before that and even the team, they are a, a, a good team. This is not Very a bad good team, team at all. Uh, they just at, erased a 4 nothing deficit last night to beat Colorado in overtime 5-4. to four. No, okay. they're good, and they play really well at Mullet Arena. That's not, that is a tough trip. Colorado, Arizona, Vegas. Very yeah, tough I, I was going to say, Colorado, Arizona, Vegas. Tough. And then, listen, then we can fly all the way back home, right, which is tough. And then you've got Vancouver, which mm-hmm. is a good team this year. You've got Toronto. I mean, the five games after Washington and Pittsburgh, it's kind of funny. I was hearing, you saw on Twitter people talking about like, oh, wow, what a, uh, what a tough schedule to end out 2023. And I'm like, what? And Andy talked about this last week. I'm going, what do you mean tough schedule? I go, what, Washington, Carolina, Pittsburgh, Washington? I go, that's not a tough, and Pittsburgh again? The schedule after that, though, we open up 2024, Pittsburgh, Colorado, it's a gauntlet. Arizona, gauntlet. Vegas, until Vancouver, Toronto. Yep. What's after Toronto? Then we get at Nashville. Not an easy game. No. Uh, Trots game. You got at Minnesota. Not an easy Tough game. game. Especially yep. with the new coach. They're playing better. At Winnipeg. Playing, Tough game. They're playing like a wagon right now. Okay, then we got a gimme. We got at Chicago. But, you know, you, listen, our team doesn't necessarily have any gimmies. Um, then we got Dallas, Vegas again. At Montreal, we just lost to Florida. And then at Toronto. Uh, I mean, Florida, and then the break. Uh, we come out of the break with Toronto, Tampa. But um, that's a- it. Is, it is a very, very tough January. No question about it. I mean, I, I listen, I do there's, not there's wanna, a very I don't want to overreact. Where go five and ten. That's what I was going to say. I don't want to overreact to any one game. I am a little bit concerned at how flat we came out against Montreal and then how flat we came out against Washington and then how now last night. I'm going, oh, that's... Listen, one game, yeah, you throw it away, no big deal. Three out of five, now I'm starting to think, uh-oh. Now, I have a lot of faith in our, in our forward lines. I mean, I think we've got three really, really good lines. And uh, when Wallstrom's not playing and Gautier's in there and is on his game, we have four decent lines. Um, I still have issues with Gautier. I mentioned him last week. I don't think – I haven't seen the consistency that I want from him. And um, Zach Parisi, if you're listening to this – and. I'm, uh, why? Of course he's listening to this, right? Everybody listens yep. to this podcast. Um, why would you not be listening to this, okay? So, Zach Parisi, listen, I, I've always been a fan. Um, I bought one of your little pops, little, you know, the little things. Uh, come back. We need you. I know Steph put out there, said, uh, Zach Parisi, is it a need or a want? No, it's a need. We need Zach Parisi right now. 
Um, but now I'm a little bit concerned because now I'm looking at the schedule coming up, and you're saying, yeah, if we go eight and seven over between now and and the All Star break, yeah, that would be awesome. But is this team going to go eight and seven? I guess we'll find out one game at a time. Like I said, you know, they haven't lost more than one regulation game in a row since the beginning of November. When I, if I see them lose Friday night, I could, I could easily get to the glass half empty uh, version of Phil. Like last year it was, you know, the mitts were off. I was, I was losing it early in the season and I was talking about, they've got two paths forward here. They could either push all their chips into the middle and go out and get a Horvat or a Meyer you know, get another forward, try to upgrade the defense or something like that, or they could just fold and go for some sort of rebuild where you're stripping things apart, trading Nelson, trading Sorokin, doing all that, and they they picked the route. So I in, until I see them give me true reason to actually have legitimate concern about their ability to stay in this race and maintain up until the point that Pelican Paul come back, I'm just... I'm just not there yet. I mean, in fairness, I mean, I watched the game last night and I had some dinner plans. So I'm watching the first period. And despite the two, the first penalty, I don't even know what that was. I was like, what, where, what penalty? Um, I was I kind think of, the second one was even worse. Right. But I'm kind of watching it going, well, at least it's Cal going in the penalty box. So he can't kill it. That's good news. Um, right. And I'm, I'm watching it. And I'm about to tweet out. Pittsburgh looks awful. This team is done. <laughs> I'm like, my God. I know, and I'm thinking to myself, I'm going, I cannot believe that's the job you wanted if you're a general manager. And they have, he has the unenviable task of like, they've got to tear that down. That team is terrible. I'm watching the first period going, this team is terrible because despite those two just absolutely lackluster power plays that Pittsburgh had, Every time Barzal, Barzal and Horvat got on the ice, it was just a domination, you know. They absolutely dominated. And I'm thinking, okay, well, hopefully this isn't a game that kind of like we dominate and somehow we just don't get a goal and they get a goal and we lose. And then before you know it, one, two, three, four, five goals later. Right. And we're just skating around. Um, Pittsburgh is bad. This is a bad, bad team. Um, from a betting angle, I will tell you right now, if the markets have gone to – if they've reversed and Pittsburgh is now favored to make the playoffs, I would absolutely bet on them not to make it. Agreed. I, I think they're a bad team. Uh, how concerned are we with Sorokin? Or is this just what we expected? I know you and I talked about this, how inconsistent goaltenders are, and this is just what we're going to get. We're going to get – we're going to get seasons where he's just absolutely, you know, top three Vezina, maybe wins a Vezina or two. And then we're going to get seasons where he's just he's just good to sometimes not so good. And hopefully he gets hot at the right time. Because last night he was bad. Last night he was bad. I know a lot of people were trying to put lipstick on it. And to be, to be Who's fair. Who's putting lipstick on it? A lot of people. A lot of people trying Unless to put lipstick was, on that pig. It's so funny. The team, people, the team was bad. The team was flat. The they team was lose. terrible. They We're, didn't lose because of Sorokin. They absolutely did not look, lose because of Sorokin. Um, this was a an interesting quote that Stefan tweeted out from Chris Letang. He mentioned that he wasn't aware that he set or tied any records. He said they were able to open up the game by just throwing pucks at the net. right? And I think that this is something another Twitter user pointed this out. That Twitter user is josh bailey for isles hall of fame club um he is he's at josh bailey fans on x he's an interesting follow he has maintained that 
Sorokin, and he's he's been consistent on this for a year, that a lot of people think that Sorokin is, is the next Hashik or the next Wah, and he thinks that Sorokin's going to be the next Czechmanic just because of the stylistically, you know, came over late from Russia, had a couple of dominant seasons, but stylistically very chaotic, and the league is going to figure them out at some point. And I think that the league has figured them out to a certain extent, right? Um, you know, he pointed out that the reason why you're seeing higher shot totals against Sorokin than versus Varlamov is because teams have realized that all you need to do is just lob a bunch of low danger shots at Sorokin. A couple of them leaked through like that first goal that should have been, absolutely should have been a save. No reason why that's leaking through his pads. And that's happened frequently this season where he's kind of peeking behind him and he doesn't have it controlled. But his rebound control is very, very poor. And he's been... We keep saying it. He's been very chaotic in net and very easy to get him out of position, whereas Varlamov is just a lot more structured in net, if that makes sense. You're not going to see him on his belly. You're not going to see him flopping around um, nearly as much as Sorokin. And teams have game planned for it, and they've taken advantage of it. And in 55% of his starts this season, he's given up four or more goals. So has he been under siege for large stretches of the season? Absolutely. Is a good chunk of it on him as well? Absolutely. And and that's the big thing. I think people forget, Phil, that both can be true. Yep. He's not getting the support he needs. Our defense is in shambles. Our team was terrible. You could literally have brought back, you know, Dominic Hasek at his absolute peak last night, and we weren't winning last night. That wasn't going to, right? We weren't going to win last night no matter what. But also, and Steph pointed this out, Sorokin hasn't been good when we're up. In the third period, part of our third period, you know, giving up leads issues is on Sorokin. Part of last night was also on Sorokin. You know, if Sorokin is amazing last night and keeps them in it, maybe a, maybe an amazing save or two lights a fire under the team's ass. Who knows? Um, but it, it always kind of screams to the point where in today's day and age with the cap, it's always very dangerous when you pay a goalie a lot of money and you give them a lot of term because you can very easily get burned by that. You know, ask the yeah, St. I mean, Louis, just, ask just the St. Louis Blues. It, right, think about it like this, right? In a perfect world, you don't want Sorokin starting more than, say, 55 games a season, like a 55-27 split, more or less. Let's call it 57-25. We're splitting hairs here, right? Now, how many of those 50, let's call it 56 starts, is he truly spectacular and making a difference above what your average three, four million dollar NHL goaltender is giving you, right? If it's not more than, I don't know, 20 of those games, then sinking eight and a quarter million in cap money to him for that over the course of eight years from age 29 to 36, it's just a very poor allocation of cap assets. And you're seeing teams that are doing well with, with you know, kind of like retread goaltenders, LA Kings with Cam Talbot. The other side of that coin is you're also seeing teams whose goaltending is absolutely costing them games. Devils, the Hurricanes, uh, the Maple Leafs. So there's there's a balance to be struck over here, but if you're getting $8.25 million, and that contract doesn't even kick in until next year, so I think I'm a bit concerned from that standpoint. You could argue, by the way, Phil, and I will say this, because, listen, for every... For every Vegas Golden Knights situation where they just, they just took they took uh, spare parts off of the junkyard and made a Stanley Cup winner out of it with Aiden Hill. I mean, Aiden Hill is like a you know complete journeyman, and now you know you're talking about one of the best goalies in the league in theory, right? Um, but that's the thing. I mean, the nature of the beast, the nature of that position is so inconsistent. Um, 
You know, when you build a team like that, I almost kind of make the analogy of, you know, paying a lot of money to a running back in the NFL in these days. In these yeah. days, the GMs have finally realized, like, no, nah, don't waste a high first-round pick on a running back. I can get a great running back in the third round. I don't have to pay him a lot of money. Let somebody else give him the second contract, right? Because they're just – the inconsistency, it really relies on the team, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, you've got the Christian McCaffreys out there, and yes, you pay those guys. But for every Christian McCaffrey, you've got, a, you know, a running back that just doesn't perform. And I think goaltending is the same way, where, yes – Vasilevsky, you could argue, yes, he's worth it, you know? And you could go through the list and find goalies that are worth it. And, yes, you could look at teams that are absolutely lost now because their goaltending is atrocious. I mean, let's be honest. We all celebrated that win going into Christmas over the Carolina, uh, the Carolina team in Carolina. If Carolina's goaltending is not terrible, do we win that game? Nope, definitely not. Those I mean, how are, many bad I goals mean, did he let in? At three. least two? Right, at least two. Five. Probably three. I mean, the Anders Lee game-winning goal was terrible. It was just like a flat ground ball that goes right through his legs. I mean, the Riley goal. The Riley goal, knuckler from the blue line. You don't love that. And then the other one that I didn't love for them, I thought the Nelson goal was a good shot. No, the Horvat goal was fine, too. I mean, he's moving side to he's, side. He's moving from left to right, yeah, or right to left there. That's that's a tougher save than people think that was. I would say two and a half. Like that first goal, I think Brent Burns punched it in himself, right? So you're not going to fall. I mean, but I was listening to the Carolina broadcast on that one, and they were talking about the go. Oh, that's got to stop. You got to stop that. Oh, you got to stop that. Yeah, I don't know about that one. I think no, not that one. Riley, I'm saying they, they were talking specifically about the Anders Lee winner. The Anders Lee, yeah, and the Riley their one. broadcast too. The Anders Lee one. <laughs> they're um, what's that guy's name? What's I mean, name? I'm just wondering. Like, let's say Kirk Tracy. Right? Carolina's Kirk- goaltending, and, and I'm not even going to say. Try to say his name. Um, Piotr Kochetkov. Yeah, that guy. Uh, if he's good that night, and suddenly we're having, uh, uh, now we suddenly we've lost a couple of games in a row. How are we feeling then? Definitely not great. You know? But again, part part of our part of the Islanders' built-in advantage is supposed to be we have goaltending and you don't. Yes, one hundred percent, absolutely. That's how right. the team so that, is built. That's, that's part of the equation. I think you know and i've been saying this since the beginning of the season we talked about it in the preview to the season is that this is going to be the most wide open we've seen in the league a lot of contributing factors to that right the goaltending pool has been heavily diluted ever since expansion you've had a lot of good goaltenders who have retired over the past 3 4 years and you haven't had the same wave of that type of caliber goaltender who have come in to replace that you know we don't need to go down the list of names no but with better shots better shooting better uh, shooting better shooting for sure the game is faster uh, but, and quicker. The kids can shoot now like they've never shot before. It's not just Conor Bedard, but all everybody, all the kids right. now. Can but, getting, shoot. but getting back to my, you know, the point I was yeah, making please. is the flat cap and expansion have caught up to the league in a way where there's just tremendous amounts of parity, and there isn't a single team that you could look at objectively and say like, yeah, this team top to bottom, perfect, absolutely no flaws. This is the very clear number one cup contender. Would be shocking if this team didn't win the cup and. Right, that Colorado team that won the cup, I think everyone knew that they were the heavy favorite. Last year, Boston was the heavy favorite. They probably should have won the cup. They just couldn't win a game in overtime, right? The Tampa teams that won back-to-back Stanley Cups, it was very clear that those were the two best teams in the league that season, and it would have been mildly surprising if neither of them would have won a Stanley Cup. It's very hard to point to the team this season and say, like, yeah, that team is just, they're the cream of the crop, and then everyone else is, like, second or third tier to them. It's just a plethora of flawed teams that could lose on any given night. No lead is safe in this NHL with the way goaltending has been this year. And that doesn't, you know, whether it's Colorado, whether it's Carolina, 
teams are blowing leads right and left. I mean, the Golden Knights, and, by the way, are, are now lost four in a row. Four in a row. They just lost to the Ducks five to two last yeah, night. The Golden Knights and, are now and, lost again. Four I don't. I, it doesn't make me feel any better to compare our. No, no, but to, it's, it's. Listen, every team is going to go through this, and the right. fact that our seventh, eighth, and ninth defensemen are in there is, is going to do that. The one thing that does drive me nuts, and I know this is going to be a short, a very quick little holiday holiday podcast. Uh, I, listen, I, I still love Sorokin. And yes, to your point, our team was built with good goaltending. But the question I have, why, why, why just Lane wait so long to do anything? Yes, last night he finally called a timeout after the second goal to try to light a th- but And then, and then how Dobson many goals- promptly just lost Gensel. How, right, exactly. <laughs> seconds later. Dobson was terrible last night. Dobson was just out to lunch. He I was- want to touch on Dobson after this, by the way. Okay, we'll, we'll go to Dobson. We'll, 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 we'll circle back on Dobson. Lane. Because it does involve Dobson, by the way. And you mentioned this in a tweet. But first, at some like you got to look at it and go, so, you know, Sorokins doesn't have it. Let me take him out. Let me put Varley in. Maybe that'll, that'll light a fire in this team's ass. You know what I mean? Like, he just seems so loath to make any changes or any adjustments in-game. Um, you mentioned this in Twitter, and it's, it's, it's worth saying. I mean, the, the game is over midway through the second period, and Dobson plays 26 minutes. Now, listen... Um, We've talked about Dobson being overworked, and at this point, there's nothing we can really do, right? Until Mayfield comes back at minimum, Dobson's going to play a ton of minutes because mm-hmm. besides him and Romanov, there just aren't a lot of players on that lineup that you want to put in there a bunch, right? So you, well, the only the only other righty is Bortuzzo, and he's not good. Right, so, you got, so Dobson's yeah. just going to play a lot, and I understand mm-hmm. that. But in a game that's over midway through the second period, you know, get him, get him some rest. Yeah, I mean, I know he came off a three-day break, but why are we playing? Why are we playing one of our most important players this season? Twenty-six and a half minutes. Why does it take? I would have that sat. Long? I would have sat him the whole third period. By the way, yeah, why I would have sat him the entire third period. I would have put Walsh. I mean, Harry pointed this out on Twitter. I would have put Wallstrom in on defense. I would have put anyone in on Who defense cares? just to be like, all right, listen, kid, you go back to the locker room. You don't even come out for the third period, right? No team has ever erased a six-nothing deficit in NHL history. You're certainly not doing it in the third period of a game where you're looking completely flat. Your night is over. Go back home. Go to the hotel. Go wherever you want. We're going to take care of the rest. Of That's this what I mean. It's like listen. It's the Friday. fourth quarter. Yeah. You're down forty-two nothing. Right. Take out the quarterback. You, yeah. You take 100%. the quarterback out. You take your starting running back out. I mean, what are yeah. you doing? And I know hockey. Hockey's different because like you got to roll lines and you can't have. It's, <laughs> it's not like starters and second stringers, but you certainly don't need six defensemen for one period. And then the other thing I was going to point out, like I said, the you mentioned, you know, Sorokin plays. Should play 55 games, ideally, or something along those lines. Uh, we can go through that. But I, I don't know why it's not more of an even split. Yes, yeah, Sorokin play a little more. But it just seems like Lane really wants to get Sorokin hot and then just ride him and ride mm-hmm. him and ride him into the ground. When it's like, there's a reason why Lou paid Varley this offseason. There's a reason why he actually gave him term despite his age. Because... Lou knows, hey, you need a good backup, and he's really good. And Varley's been yeah. fantastic this season, outside of maybe a, a handful of goals. Yeah. Why not well, play I mean, him I guess first thing is we have we have to hope that <laughs> that Varley's okay. I know he missed practice today. They called up Appleby right. to be the second pra- uh, the second goalie in practice today. He said it's a maintenance day. Didn't see anything last night in the period that Varlamov played that would be obvious as to an injury. Maybe he's a little under the weather, so... Hopefully he's good to go. If he's not, then obviously Sorokin is going to be playing for the time being. 
But yeah, I agree with you. And I think that the, the biggest mistake in handling the goaltending that they made is that when Varlamov was was really hot toward the beginning of the season, they were still going two for one. Um, you know, I don't think they played Varlamov back to back out of any of the shutouts that he had this season. Right. And that to me is a mistake. Like you want a goalie to be able to follow up that effort by keeping that streak alive. Right. Don't mess with his rhythm. He doesn't need to be the starter. He doesn't even need to necessarily be a 50-50 split. But when he's on, just, you you know, you have him for a reason. You paid him for a reason. He's going to be here for the next three and a half years. He can he can handle a little extra load. Yeah, I, I listen, I didn't think Barry Trotz was the perfect coach. Um, and I, I talked about that on our previous podcast. But the one thing that I did like about Trotz, and I, and I still like it, is I, I like the go back and forth with goalies. I like what they're doing in Boston. I kind of like what they're doing in Vegas. Uh, I, I mean, I think. Listen, yeah, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna lean towards Sorokin, but to me, you know, a uh, a 46, you know, 36 split is probably better off than say a 55 27 split. Look at that math right on the fly. That was there you cool. go. Was I mean, I hope somebody else was impressed by that besides me. Um, hey, let's talk about Dobson because he was uh, he was out to lunch, and I was a little bit concerned because last couple of games. Um, the game versus Carolina, he he didn't body out somebody in front of the net. I'm forgetting who scored the goal, but he just kind of got muscled out, and the puck I think goes it in. was uh, I think it was punched. Was it punched in by Kokniemi or no? I know what you're talking about. It was the first goal. Yeah, the, first, the first goal, goal where just just a very weak stick where he had an opportunity to get to the puck first and clear it out. I literally showed it to my ten year old because I was like, look, look. I said, look at number eight here. I said, look at what Dobby does here. I go, Dobby goes and tries to clear the puck out. Rather than just taking the man, and let take the, the goal, body, take, take the, the body man, and yeah. let the goalie go find the puck, um, and, yeah. and of course it ends up in the back of the net. And then last night, same thing on the power play, he just he 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 lets the penalty killer beat him on the outside, and then even after he kind of recovers a little bit, he doesn't take he just, him out. He, he gets he gets lost from the play there. It was like where did you go? It, First so, of all, he let him kind of walk right into Sorokin's kitchen right there. Yeah. And that to me, when I saw that, I'm like, he just looks extremely tired. It looked like 2022. It, was, it, was it looked like last season, Dobby, last night. Yeah, it was still a 0-0 game at that point, right? Yeah, it was power play. Started the second period. Yeah, listen, I don't want to get on Dobson at all because I think it would be unfair considering, number one, how good he's been, and number you two, You could argue the, that he's one usage. of our – if it's not him, you could argue – you could argue he's our MVP this season, without a doubt. For sure. No, he's definitely the MVP this season. He is. I mean, points aside, just the fact that he's been able to kind of – hold the blue line together while there have been key injuries him him and to a lesser extent Romanov I think that right those both of those guys deserve number one and number two MVP consideration even before some of the forwards who have been scoring like crazy this season but the past three games I didn't think he looked particularly good against Washington either the penalty that he took in overtime kind of looked a bit you know he got handcuffed there but it looked like a fatigue penalty and when he was sitting in the penalty box He's just like huffing and puffing for air. He just looked completely gassed. I didn't think he looked good against Carolina. Certainly did not good, look good last night. Um, I think it was the, the um, yeah, it was the Raquel goal, right? The first goal of the game where he's just kind of playing high up there. And if he's if he's covering Raquel where he's supposed to be, he's able to box Raquel out. And, and I know the whistle blew, but Sorokin probably would have been able to get a cover over there. But Raquel was just all in alone on the right side completely unimpeded so hopefully they get some help back in the form of Mayfield pretty soon hopefully Mayfield's healthy and they're able to kind of manage his minutes a little bit better going forward but it was very disappointing to see again 
in a game that's completely lost that they let him run up, uh, you know, over 26 minutes. Yeah, uh, and not much else to talk about, obviously. We'll see how they, they, they come back versus Washington and versus Pittsburgh again to close out the year. Uh, as always, we want to thank all of you for your support. Uh, as the red line climbs the charts, not just in Ireland, but here in, in the States, as we are now around 40th, by the way. So uh, tell your friends about it. Tell your family members about it. Listen, I, I'm not going to panic, um, and, I, and I will uh, caution our, fran- our fans the same way. I get it. We're all fans. You know, it's one of those things. Let's not get too high after one win. Let's not get too low. You know, we didn't we didn't win the Stanley Cup when we beat Carolina a couple nights ago, and uh, we're not eliminated from the playoffs. We are still currently second in the Metro, despite, by the way, uh, starting our seventh, eighth, and ninth defenseman. Um, but uh, we'll see how the uh, the next couple of games play out. And before we go on to a very tough West Coast trip, um, hey, any last thoughts, Phil? Just Happy New Year, folks. Enjoy it. Ah, whatever. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. Good happy year, happy New Year, everybody. Uh, we'll talk to you uh, next year, of course, in 2024. Bye bye.